In this week's episode, eBay is making some big category changes in September, and I'm making some big book sales right now. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome once again to another episode of the Galaxy CD's Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. My name is Ryan, and I will be your host. Today's episode's got a little bit of reselling news, most of which is over on eBay, and some of which I feel like maybe they've undersold just a bit, so we'll get into that. And then I've got a pretty big what sold recap at the end. So let's just jump right in here and get started with the news. News updates. So eBay sent out an, an email last week indicating that they have some category structure changes that are coming on September 20th. And the message was fairly vague. It indicated like four categories where these changes were going to take place, which would lead you to believe that it's really not as big a change as has happened in the past. However, it turns out that it's actually pretty substantial. So when you click the link, it goes to this category change page, which says we are releasing updates to our category structure on September 20 to provide more intuitive buying, selling and search experience, which is, of course, what they always say when they do these updates. With these changes, your listings will automatically appear in the relevant categories and buyers will find it quicker and easier to discover your items, especially on mobile devices. When the category structure changes, your listings may be automatically moved to another category based on the item specifics that you provided. So again, another reason why doing those item specifics as big a pain as it can be can make a difference because if you don't have those things in there and your item does not get moved into what would now be the new appropriate category, it may be difficult for people to discover. So take that for what it's worth, but item specifics continues to be a focus of how eBay wants to do business. Uh, Lastly, aligning categories across international eBay sites will make cross-country trading easier. As always, they say, please note that category structure changes may result in pricing fee adjustments. So your, your item may move into a category which has a different fee structure, could be higher, could be lower, than what the previous one was. If your items are moved to a new category with different final value fees, they will adopt the final value fees of that new category. Makes sense. Insertion fees and optional listing upgrade fees will also be based on the new destination category. For changes in final value fees, if you've activated managed payments, and I personally am not aware of anyone who is not on managed payments, but there may still be some folks out there, Any changes in final value fees will apply when the item or items sell. If you have not activated managed payments, any changes in final value fees will apply only when the items sell after your listings renew or get relisted. So they have a link to their selling fees article. If you have any questions on that, there's a link where you can preview these category changes. But I went ahead and downloaded the actual spreadsheet of the category changes And, uh, it's a, I suppose in the scheme of things of the number of total categories that are on eBay, it's not that big, but the grand total of category changes ends up being 872. So it is a, 
It is a not small number. There are 438 entirely new categories, 230 categories which are being entirely retired, eliminated, 132 that will be renamed, 27 that are being moved, and 45 that are being both moved and renamed. So if you're interested in seeing this, I will, of course, link to all of this in the show notes and the video description below. You can go look at this yourself. There are changes in collectible figures and supplies, bobbleheads, um, big changes in pinbacks and lunchboxes, some categories moving in and out of them, and an entirely new category being created. They do note, after September, 22 September, as a result of this category change, existing item specifics are likely to change. Please update your listings with the new item specifics after the category changes for optimal visibility. So essentially what they're saying is if you fall into some of these categories, the required item specifics may change based on that new category. eBay is generally speaking pretty good about prompting you on your seller dashboard about whatever items need to have category or item specific changes. So just be on the lookout for that if you happen to fall into one of those categories. But that warning is on a pretty significant number of these changes. So while they have not announced specifically that there are required item specific changes coming in September, there are some coming because of these changes. There are changes in candles and home fragrances, in decorative accessories within home decor, uh, pillows, uh, trading cards, deck boxes, storage cases, and dividers. And then the big ones take place in the automotive category. If you are a seller in automotive parts and accessories, there are pages of changes coming in those areas. So again, I will link to this if you want to take a look at it, but uh, the, the bulk of these are going to impact uh, automotive sellers in particular, I mean, it is, <laughs> as if you're watching on YouTube, you just saw me scroll through, I don't know, maybe eight or nine pages of changes just within the automotive category. So it's a it's a big change. So just be on the on the lookout for that. The effective date of the category updates is September 20th. So we've got about a month to kind of look this over and try to get prepared for it. So just something to be aware of. eBay has also expanded shipping options that are now available on the eBay app. Uh, we've been hard at work to improve the eBay app so that all domestic shipping services you are used to selecting when using your desktop are now available on the eBay app. Here is an overview of what's new. You can now purchase UPS and eBay standard envelope labels in the app in addition to standard USPS and FedEx. You can choose from the app to either print the label or print the label and still receive a QR code. You can edit the buyer's address for shipping and returns in the label order details, and you can pay for labels using your payment method on file in addition to available funds and PayPal. So if you are a big user of mobile for actually processing your orders, not just doing listings, this is pretty good news. They say we'll be adding additional features in the coming weeks, and we'll update this post with details. They also provide what they call a smart ship tip. QR codes are quick, easy, and help save money since you won't need to use your own printer, ink, or labels. When you drop off your package with a participating carrier, you can use an in-store self-service station if you happen to have those. Mine does not. To scan the QR code and print the label or have an associate do it for you, as always, thank you for selling on eBay. 
the QR code is really good, I think, if you have, A, if you have one of those kiosks at your local post office, and if you only have a relative handful of packages, if you've got a bunch of packages, having your representative at the post office scan all those QR codes and then affix those labels to your packages is probably a pretty cumbersome process, and the folks in line behind you (laughs) uh, may not be particularly thrilled with that, but there you go. Uh, eBay Open is coming up, and they have announced uh, something I don't know if they've actually done before. We are excited to announce that we will be hosting an eBay Open sneak peek event on September 8th from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific time. All sellers who have registered for eBay Open 2022 are welcome to attend. You'll get a glimpse of what to expect at the main event as you hear from speakers who will give a preview of their upcoming sessions. You'll also get advice from experienced sellers on how to plan your agenda for eBay Open. Plus, you can try out the new virtual platform and get your hands on some pre-event swag. They remind you, don't forget to register for eBay Open by September 1st, as invites to the sneak peek will be sent out on September 2nd. We're working hard on the biggest seller event of the year and can't wait to give you a preview of it. There is a link in this story to the registration for eBay Open. I, for my part, have opted not to attend this one. Um, Frankly, I've just got too much to do. (laughs) Uh, The last update this week is from Etsy. Etsy announced updates to how buyers can leave reviews. They recently reached out to tell you they'd be testing video reviews on Etsy. We're excited to follow up and share that all buyers officially have the ability to leave video reviews from the Etsy app on iOS devices. So this is only for Apple users at this time. These reviews can be up to 30 seconds in length and include audio. Fellow buyers visiting your shop from an iOS device can now also watch them to help get an up-close look of your listing. So I assume from the way that's worded that these video reviews are not going to be available on Android or on the main desktop website. Uh, If if you happen to work for Etsy (laughs) and catch this and can clarify that. But the way that's worded, it's only going to be available both to leave and to view at this time for iOS users. Video reviews can help highlight details that might be missed in photos and could help give buyers the extra boost of confidence they need to make a purchase. They say we're still working on making video reviews accessible on the Android Etsy app, so stay tuned there. We are excited for this new feature. It's one of many improvements we've been working on that we hope helps sellers get discovered and grow. And then they have a few examples of some video reviews that have been done. Uh, There's a quick FAQ. What about inappropriate video content? Some sellers have expressed concerns about inappropriate content. As a reminder, video, photo, and text reviews are subject to our reviews policy, which states that reviews that contain graphic, mature, or harassing language or imagery are against our policy. If you receive an inappropriate video, photo, or text review, click report this review to flag it to our agents who will evaluate and remove any inappropriate reviews in violation of our reviews policy. They say it can take seven to 10 business days to get those reviewed and removed if required, but that it typically happens faster than that. That They also note that you cannot hide video reviews. Reviews are an important transparent representation of buyers' experiences, and we want buyers on Etsy to shop confidently, knowing that we're a trusted marketplace. Again, a very customer-centric focus. So a lot of sellers talk regularly about 
eBay, Etsy, and all of these platforms solely really representing the customer's view on these transactions, not so much the sellers. And this is kind of another example of that. In order to ensure we're being transparent with buyers while continuing to meet industry-wide legal standards, we are removing the ability for sellers to hide photo or video reviews. So apparently that's something they've had previously. I was not aware of that. If you find that a review is inappropriate or violates our policies, you can report it to our team for removal. You will also continue to have the option to respond to reviews if you feel you need to. So if you're a uh, iOS user on Etsy, let me know if you've seen any of these or if you intend to use that at all. But that's some, some interesting news over there at Etsy. Moving on, let's get into some what's sold. It's been a pretty good week here at the Galaxy. Uh, a lot of, lot of books and uh, media, magazines, and that sort of stuff this week. Handful of CDs and a few other odds and ends, but I think I've got a dozen items here for you today that are primarily in the book and magazine category. This first sale is from Etsy, the Laundry Manual, a compilation of articles from the Laundry Journal. This is a hardcover book that was published in 1898 and is essentially just what it says. There was a book called the Laundry, or a magazine rather, called the Laundry Journal. I don't, I don't, obviously it was available in the late 1800s. I don't know how long it ran, uh, but it talked about kind of commercial grade laundering. And this book is a compilation of articles from that. It was part of my big 12,000 odd book lot. So I'm into this thing for about a nickel. It was not in really good shape. It had a lot of edge wear. The binding was kind of loose. The pages were fairly worn. So I only listed this thing for $19.99 plus shipping. But from a nickel to 20 bucks is a deal I will take pretty much every day. For sale on eBay, this was a really interesting one. Uh, the Negro Yearbook 1947, a review of events affecting the African-American population in the U.S. from 1941 to 1946. This was produced by the Tuskegee Institute of Alabama. It was something, this particular yearbook was started originally by Booker T. Washington in the early 1900s. I don't know when they stopped making it. This is another book from that big lot. It was the only one, the only year that I've come across so far. I've still got <laughs> uh, probably 8,500 books to go through, so I may find some more of these. But it's a really interesting look from the African-American perspective of what life was like in a variety of different areas for their population during this time frame. So there were sections on agriculture and science and religion and politics and society and entertainment. It was a really, really fascinating book. Unfortunately, it was not in great shape. The, the, the cover was all but separated from the spine. The pages were well tanned. This thing was pretty rough, but there was virtually nothing else out there like it. I listed it for $24.99 plus customer paid shipping. I sent out a 15% offer to a watcher and sold it for $21.24 in better shape. This is probably a $40 or $45 book all day, but this one was pretty rough. Um, really fascinating piece to look at. Next up on Mercari. So three sales and three of the four platforms I sell on. The Japanese Swords by Nobuo Agasawara. 
Uh, it was an illustrated, like a pocket-sized paperback from 1970 in color featuring old like samurai swords from medieval and beyond Japan. Really interesting piece. This sold on Mercari for $24 with free shipping. It's an item that I picked up in a big lot at an estate sale for 50 cents. Back over to eBay. Uh, Richard Halliburton's Complete Book of Marvels from 1941. This was an illustrated hardcover that was put out by Bob's Merrill, uh, who, interestingly, on eBay, you, you know, as you're doing listings, if you list in the book category, they have a lot of publishers listed. They have Bob's Merrill in there, but they have it misspelled. <laughs> uh, the book category on eBay, uh, to be fair, is an absolute mess. It's probably worthy of an entire video on its own. The The problems with their ISBN identification and your inability to correct items within the item specifics that are misattached to ISBNs is beyond frustrating. I cannot tell you how many times I've gone to list a book and it has the wrong publisher or the wrong date attached to an ISBN. And if you try to change that information, it deletes the ISBN. So you essentially have to mark it as ISBN does not apply. It is a absolute mess. Anyway, so this book was, this guy published two books on kind of the marvels of the world, if you will. And he did one that was the Occident, which is kind of the Western world, and one that was the Orient or the Eastern world, China, Japan, and that. This is a book from 1941 that combined both of those books into one volume. It's a fairly unusual piece to find. Again, from the big uh, five-cent lot, this went for $24.99 plus customer-paid shipping. This went very, very quickly after I listed it. I actually sold it and then almost immediately had an inquiry on it on Etsy. So this was a be on the lookout for this if you're in the market for $25 type items. Back over to Etsy, Industrial Design, A Practical Guide by Harold Doran. I think it's Harold. Uh, from 1940, this is a kind of a college textbook on mechanical engineering and design from 1940. It was an illustrated hardcover, again, from the big lot. So a nickel that turned into $29.99 plus shipping, less a $3 discount. This is something that was purchased via Etsy's marketing program where if someone watches something or puts it in their cart and then abandons it, they get a coupon. So this is the second sale I've made from that program with a $3 discount. Uh, ended up being a $26.99 sale. This was a nice one. Uh, also out of that lot and also on Mercari. So pretty balanced this week, at least in the big hitters. Mercari, I only did, I think, four sales all week on Mercari and two of the four qualified for the what sold section. So I guess that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, from 1974, the Berlitz Self-Teacher Russian. This was published by Grosset and Dunlap. It is a, it's a reprint of an older book, but again, these are fairly hard to find. There's a lot of Berlitz Russian out there, but not this particular self-teacher guide. This went for $35 with free shipping from, again, five whole cents. Uh, from 1925, this is actually a very rare book, The Hand Atlas of Clinical Anatomy by Eckelschmeyer and Jones. This was an illustrated hardcover uh, as you would imagine, based on the title, On the Human Anatomy. This was part of a big lot that I own for about a dollar. 
This sold for $41.99 plus $44.08 shipping. This is actually going to Bulgaria. So really interesting book. All of these old anatomy books that have graphics and illustrations, they're not necessarily fast movers, but generally when they move, they bring pretty decent money. Uh, I don't know if I've done these in a while, model railroading magazines. Individually, these did not necessarily amount to much. I think If you're watching on YouTube, I think it only shows just these three, but there were a total of six model railroad magazines from the late 1930s and early 1940s that sold for a total of $42.49. This person was watching a whole bunch of these. I sent out 15% offers on all of them, and he bought them all. And as you can see, again, if you're watching on YouTube, I've already received positive feedback on these. He was thrilled with their condition. I've talked about this lot, I don't know how many times on this show, um, that I picked up about 5,800 model railroad magazines dating back to the 1930s that were in pretty much immaculate condition. And the feedback on these has been tremendous, and they have made me a ton of money. This was another sale. Uh, This is International Global Shipping Program through eBay. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, you can only see three of these, but this customer actually ultimately bought nine books that totaled $54.86. So individually, again, they were not worth a whole bunch. These were the Businessman's Library from, I want to say, 1914 through 1917. This was a series of books that were published in leather covers, but these were in really pretty poor condition. Uh, The leather was very faded, cracked, in some cases completely peeling away, especially on the spines. I had these listed for $7.99 a piece. This person reached out on five of these individual books and then a set of four that I had separately, offered $6 a piece for them, all in, it ended up being $54.86. The average selling price on these was 6 bucks and some change. So individually, it was not that great a sale. But again, in total, 55 bucks plus shipping, plus whatever he paid for the international shipping. I wouldn't even want to know <laughs> on nine books with that weight, what that would have been. But not a bad sale. These were part of a big lot that I owned for $0.50 cents a piece. This was a really cool piece from 1957, the Webster's Unabridged Encyclopedic Dictionary. This was an illustrated deluxe edition. It was four inches thick, weighed, I don't know, four pounds. It was the the pages were actually fairly lightweight. Tons of really cool, interesting illustrations and graphs. Um, tabbed, really cool piece. Be on the lookout for this. I, I don't know how common they are, but uh, Webster's Unabridged Encyclopedic Dictionary from 1957. I picked this up for a dollar at an estate sale and it sold for $54.99 plus shipping. Here's a big set. Again, individually, not that great, but This is the Funk and Wagnall's New Encyclopedia from 1986. It was a complete set of 29 volumes, encyclopedias, so illustrated, hardcovers, nice set in pretty good condition. 29 books sold for $64.99 plus $37, $36.91 in media mail shipping. So this was a big, heavy, this was almost 50 pounds (laughs) uh, of books. So this was a massive set. I, generally speaking, I don't, 
buy these sets. If I see them out in the wild and I'm at a state sale and it's a complete set, I will generally look it up in a case like this. You know, a lot of these sellers are trying to sell these things for a buck a book or whatever. This would have been $30, $29. It probably is not worth doing. These particular, this particular set I acquired from a friend of mine on Facebook who was moving out of state and had a bunch of books that they did not want to move. I went over and they essentially gave them to me. So my cost of goods sold on this is $0. And it sold for $64.99, which essentially is obviously pure profit at this point, minus the fees. But I would not have bought this set for more than probably five or six bucks because they sold essentially for less than $2.25 a piece, I think is what it worked out to. So a $65 sale is nice, but it's a big, heavy, cumbersome set to try to pack and ship and sell. So I'm, I generally will only take these if they're in a lot and I can value them at pennies on the dollar because they just don't bring that great of money. But again, when your cost of goods sold is zero, (laughs) not too bad. And lastly, uh, your flip of the week. So I, gosh, probably two years ago, I bought an entire collection of Ohio State, the Ohio State University football programs dating back to the early 1980s. There were, gosh, probably 120 of them in this collection. I bought them for what worked out to... I think my average cost of goods sold on these is about 93 cents a piece. And I've been selling them here and there for anywhere from 8 to about 12 or $13. So not, not too hateful individually, but I had someone late last week who I had these on sale. They're in my current 35% off thing, and they watched 19 different issues of this. So I, of course, took a flyer and I sent offers on all 19 of them for additional 15% off. They bought all 15 or 19 rather of these for a grand total of 125.78, which I will take all day. Uh, My cost of goods sold on this is about 18 bucks. So really, really good return on investment. And here's another interesting tidbit. So I use Pirate Ship for all of my shipping. Since I'm selling on multiple platforms, it's just easier for me to do everything on Pirate Ship and print one bulk shipping printout. I have my bulk shipping set up on Pirate Ship to show me whatever the cheapest rate is, which obviously typically for books and that is media rate. But for magazines and sports programs, you're not really allowed to use media rate. Interestingly, the parcel ground was cheaper than even trying to do media rate, as was Priority Cubic, uh, which was still almost $4 cheaper than media rate. Not that you could send these out technically on media rate anyway, but be aware of that. If you're shipping fairly small, this all fit into a box that was 14 by 10 by 4. So a fairly small box that has quite a bit of weight to it. Um, double check to make sure especially if you're using pirate ship, that the priority cubic weight measurement is not less money than media mail. Because I've had this happen four or five times in the last couple of months where I've had a fairly small box that was fairly heavy that was, that did qualify for media rate and priority cubic on pirate ship 
actually worked out to be less money. So there's your tip for the week. Uh, And that's about all I got. So hopefully you're having a great week. I'm not sure yet if we will have an interview this week. I've reached out to a couple of people and we're still trying to coordinate that. So there's a possibility that we will be back later in the week with another interview. But at the moment, I don't have anything particular scheduled. Uh, Again, I do this at the end instead of the beginning. But if you're watching on YouTube and you got something out of this, please do me a favor and smack that thumbs up button. If you are not currently a follower of the podcast or a subscriber on YouTube, please consider doing that as well. I would love to have you aboard. With that, we're going to close it for the week. I hope everybody has a fantastic one. Sell a bunch of stuff. And we'll see you next time. You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you again next time.